All right, guys, welcome back to the Part-Time Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gross, and we are finally, this is where it gets serious, boys. We're coming out of waterfowl season, deer season's way in the rear view, and we're kind of in that lull in between winter and spring. They say Puxatawney Field didn't see a shadow today, so spring's going to come early, and that's good for all you guys that are thinking about long beards, if you're like me out there. So we are steadily, steadily approaching opening day of turkey season so this is the first turkey episode and on the other end of the line for uh honestly one of our anniversary episodes because this is where the show was born this time last year and we've got austin seals hunter farrier from the famous spring legion boys guys how you doing on the other end of the line doing good yeah Yeah, thank you for having us on well Seriously, thank you guys for taking time to get on the show. I know you guys have your own podcast. I shared a shared a clip on that guy. So if you want to go follow their podcast, some freaking killer content. They got a YouTube channel as well. Go follow them, uh, Spring Legion, and I believe there. I think your is your YouTube channel the same thing, just the Spring Legion as well. Correct. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. You, see that Spring Legion, those faces and their dots and nothing. So try to keep it pretty vanilla for. That's, per- like that's me, perfect. You get. You, you guys go give them a follow, send them a message, let them know you heard the podcast. Go check out their show as well. It, it is it is top-notch turkey content. That's exactly what we're bringing you guys tonight. So we're just going to kind of run down the gamut of turkey season prep, getting those gears turning towards turkey season. And just like always, guys, Part-Time Hunter Podcast, no BS, no commercials, just a pure hunting podcast. So let's get right into it, boys. Well, guys, welcome back to the show again. Seriously, I love having you guys on. I love picking your brain. And... Uh, uh, we were just talking about NWTF, and uh, if you guys haven't already bought your tickets, go get them because I think right now if you register online, they're like thirty-five bucks. If you buy them at the door, they go up to fifty something. So go ahead and get registered, get your tickets, and these guys will have a booth. Do you guys know your booth number already to tell the guys out there? Six oh nine. Six oh nine. You guys got to go pick up the books, man. The books are a must-have for any turkey season, any turkey hunter. And then the merch is sick too. So, like, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a huge fanboy, guys. Love the books. Love the love the mindset and the theories in the books. I think it. Uh, my buddy turned me on to him a couple years ago, and man, it truly does change your mindset when you go into the spring woods after the books. So, yeah, it's a. It's a it's a must have, guys. Must have. But let, guys, let's go ahead and get started, man. What what uh, what are you guys been up to in the off season? You guys been deer hunting, turkey or well not turkey hunting, but waterfowl <clears> or anything like that? I've uh, I've been doing a lot of deer hunting, turkey or duck hunting, and I'm like you. I'm about tired of about tired of deer hunting. <laughs> I actually told Hunter last week we were trying to go. We had talked about going hunting, and he's like, I really need some work. I was like, All right, we're not going. That's all I needed was <laughs> one little excuse to not go. And we didn't get so yeah, I'm about, I'm tired of it getting ready for spring. Actually, came up yesterday and cleaned my cleaned my duck shotgun, put waders up, all that kind of stuff. So I'm uh and then pulled my turkey vest out, and started playing with it. So oh it's getting yeah, close. <laughs> yeah. What 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 about you, Hunter? How's your fall been, man? Uh, it's been good. I uh, I guess I don't have to put my waders up. You don't ever take them out. But um, but not actually. Uh, I went on one duck hunt. Seals and went with seals and buddies Lake and Jordan and went to uh, a property we done a good bit of work on. They done a lot of work on um, over the summer to get some ducks there whenever they were down and we were able to kind of reap some benefits of that. Um, but of course, I didn't have no waders at the time because I hadn't been duck hunting in six years. Oh, and uh, the car, the car I drew, of course, had leaks all in them. But that's about how the the waders I remember 
the ones I left uh, six years ago felt a hum. So um, went, went and got me a new pair of waders right after that. Just hadn't had to break them out quite yet. I think we've been 90 to nothing a little earlier than usual this year preparing for that, you know, the NWTF convention and stuff like that. We've got a bunch of stuff coming out there. It's going to be uh, actually releasing there that um, I think I was uh, on the phone with my dad not long ago, and he was trying to, you know, kind of get a handle on some stuff and materials that we might need to build and stuff. He's going to try to beat the eight ball to that. He had no idea about them anyway. I didn't even told, you know, my family, probably outside of Seals and Chase, know about half the stuff we're going to be releasing at the NWTF convention if it arrives in time. So we've been doing a lot of stuff on that end and then trying to also start these podcast episodes and getting some videos out from last spring that, um, that we've been kind of going mulling through. And, of course, you know, between that, just trying to really – remember to soak it in these are my favorite months of the year the late january early february when everything else starts shutting off and um you know your mind you, I, today i saw the first kind of flower poking up on the sidewalk and it's like well you know that's a that's a day maker right there knowing that it ain't gonna be you know ain't gonna be too long now from um till we start hearing some turkeys gobbling and being able to go out and hunt and stuff so trying to uh, soak it in Kind of know it's a very finite period here where the preparations aren't too hectic, but at the same time, the anticipation, you know, in full throttle, um, just getting ready for day one. Once, once day one hits, it's kind of, it's kind of everything turns to black and everything's just, you know, by the moment, by the minute, you have no plans and all you know is you're going to be turkey hunting today and tomorrow and probably the next day they're on. So, kind of soak it in. As long as I can, <laughs> Dude, yeah, 100%. Man, you have to. And you, you just talked about like seeing a flower bloom here and there. I, we, we've got some some flowers poking up, some some uh that come up. And it's we've had a few 60, 65 degree days so far, uh, he, here and there. We've had some rain move through Georgia and. Always seems to be like a little cold front behind them, but yeah, dude, there's flowers popping. Mm-hmm. Actually, we've got a little bitty feeder that we pop up kind of this time of year off into uh, the hardwoods here on the piece of private that me and my dad hunt, and we try to take some inventory on the turkey population really early just to kind of see what we're working with because we're real selective on what we do harvest or try to go after for the spring. So uh, I've already had, dude, you won't even believe this. We've had three three strutters already on camera, and it was like, wow. you know, the last week of January. So it was super weird. You, and, and, I mean, obviously, still, they're, they're really grouped up. I mean, we had like a group of – it was hard to count them on trail camera, but it was between 25 and 30 hens, and there's two bearded wow. hens in there. And uh, and then we had that group of uh, three three strutters came in, and then I know for sure there's another bird that stays up on the ridge that never comes down back behind my house. But yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. Like I saw that trail camera, I was like, there's no way three strutters already. You know, it's nuts. And like mm-hmm. it just just in the back of my brain, I'm like, on that 65 degree morning, he had to be gobbling. Like oh, yeah. he had oh, to yeah. be. So it would just it's killing me, dude. So I'm I'm already just you know I'm just fiending. I'm just sitting here just. Pounding the day cool like you guys can hear. I apologize. I told these guys before the show. If I sound like I'm sick and dying, I'm on the tail end of it. I promise you, I'm getting better. We've switched from day cool to Coors Light, so we're we're going in the right direction. But we're slowly but surely getting back up there. But Hunter, uh, or not Hunter, um, Austin, tell me about that. What what was that hybrid duck you shot the other day? So I sent it to some folks, and we we originally thought it was a mallard pintail hybrid. Yeah. Um and. Lake ended up putting it on the next page just to get some clarity, and the duck genetics guys reached out to him, and he 
he says it is a mallard widgeon hybrid. Wow. But he wants to do the duck DNA test on it. So I'm actually going to go tomorrow and pick up the duck tongue from the taxidermist and send it off to him. But That's sick. He said if he confirms it is a mallard widgeon hybrid, that's like a one in a million chances to kill just because the the so much there's so much difference in them the you know one's a diver one's a puddle dog yeah one, you know like the how the heck does, how does that even like because i mean like when you see widgeons like when they're chilling with other ducks you know just you know not defending anybody but they're kind of assholes out there widgeons kind of run people off and <laughs> they don't really they don't really jive good with with greenheads so that's super that's odd I, I, that, that that just means that times were tough somewhere in the potholes <laughs> of canada <laughs> it was but, slim, but slim yeah, pickings. It was a. Uh, it was pretty cool to have, and we didn't. We didn't know. I mean, so I shot the duck. He came in. I was the only one that shot at him. So I know I hit him. He hit the water and he started swimming a little bit. So the guy that had his dog out there kind of took off after him, and duck was you know swimming off with. He was hit. He would have died, but he started swimming off, and the the dog ended up going on like 180 yard retrieve to bring him wow. back. And he got back, and the guy picked him up and said, I thought it was a greenhead, but I'm not sure what you got. And I picked <laughs> it up. I was like, I don't know what it is either, but it's cool. And dude, so, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I saw the picture, and I was like, dude, that is wicked. Tell me you're mounting it. So that's that's good to hear. Oh, yeah, I didn't even put him in the freezer because I didn't want to take a chance. I left <laughs> the duck hole went straight to the taxidermist. Oh, that's wicked, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm – Duck season was good. I mean, we we definitely had some ups and downs. I know, you know, kind of throughout the country, it was, you know, hit or miss. I think if you found the, you know, the weather and and weather and timing is all about that duck and, and goose game. But dude, I'm telling you, I'm just like a lot of guys this time of year. You kind of see it on social media this time of year. Last last week of January, early February, guys get their gears turning towards the spring woods and start changing them profile pictures from from ducks and geese to to long beers. That's what I like to see. So that's what you guys are here for. So let's dive into like turkey season prep. Like what, like are you guys already planning, you know, some, some guys call it swings, uh, you know, turkey tours, whatever you guys call it out there uh, on your own terminology. But like, are you guys doing some e-scouting or getting new gear? Like what, what's kind of your rituals you guys do for, for turkey season prep? I know Hunter's not planning anything. Yeah. And, yeah, and to be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't really got the plan mode. I think we're both going to kind of just do what we do best and fly by the whim and just wherever we decide to go. The only trip I know I've got is in, is Iowa, but like I said, I meant we may. Hunter may call me at ten o'clock one night and say, "Hey, you want to go turkey hunting tomorrow?" And I'll say, "Yeah, <laughs> where?" He'll say, "Colorado." I'm like, I mean, I I guess when are we leaving? Thirty minutes. So that's that's kind of how I guess we're gonna fly by this this spring. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking gonna... about. That's so. sick. Yeah, the chances of us actually making it to Colorado are probably slim because I tried that last year and I was coming from Georgia and I was living over there and I was actually headed to meet our, uh, one of my buddies from Mississippi State from the from the Delta over here in Mississippi. He met, a couple of his buddies was headed to Colorado and uh, I met him actually hunting turkeys in Starkville uh, on public ground and um. He, he, you know, we've become good friends since. And uh, that's when we come out of Colorado with no flying out. I said, well, if I leave, you know, now, I should be getting there around the same time, you know, in a day or two. And, I, you know, I can think of a couple spots I can stop between, you know, Kansas or something like that. Originally, I thought about Missouri, but I think it closed the next day. Oh, so I'd dang. be coming through in the middle of the day, you know, it'll be closed that evening or something. So I thought, well, I just kind of drudged through it and went on to Kansas and parked the truck and 
at full intentions on just waking back up. I, there's a little little bitty spot of public that I know about that I, you know, was comfortable sleeping at in the middle of nowhere. Um, knew how much you know gas it'd take to get there at the latest town and stuff. Be all right getting to another town after that, and then have to waste no money on a hotel or nothing. And I hopped out and went to kind of change the clothes into some camouflage just in case you know i was going to kind of listen around you know make sure i might kill off roost in kansas because my license actually went kind of over over home from the year before but um all i had to do was buy some the turkey permits real quick and i could do that and then go home one if i, if I did see one and let my whole one dog across the road from me on the you know on the opposite side of it and i was like well i'm still going to do it i have to use about permits and a uh, day and a half later, I'm still hunting there in Colorado, and um, wound up taking the whole two days out. And I didn't. I went up to Nebraska or something after that. I, I didn't even make it to Colorado, but I get. I heard they had a good time. Dang man, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I know that's a that that's a haul, and that's something that guys, you know, like going through the list of like what mentally do I need to prepare for for a turkey tour. And if you guys haven't, you know, listened out there, I know the guys on this podcast definitely have, like myself, but. You know, once you kind of, you know, not say that you, you, you conquer or you kind of, you know, get over the area that you live in, whether it's in the southeast or the west coast, east coast, whatever, you know, if you if you are brave enough to venture out into other states, like there, there is definitely tips and tricks that we're going to kind of go over, like stuff that I've experienced. And this is talking about like soloed out-of-state turkey trips, going in blind, doing as much e-scouting as you possibly can. But at some point, you you got to get boots on the ground and use your yeah. woodsmanship, and it's it's kind of it's really cool to see how you know like me myself, I'm in North Georgia, very mountainous, uh, very you know very hit or miss terrain, hit or miss turkey populations, depending on where you're at. And then you can go, you know, say you're on the plains of Nebraska, super wide open, not a lot of roost trees, and you're just standing there like, wow, you know, this is like I'm it's like I'm on Mars, mm-hmm. you know, from where you're used to. So, you know, having, and, and it's kind of, it's a double-edged sword because you see those guys in the turkey groups, you're like, hey, man, I'm going to Nebraska public land, you know, I'm not asking for pins, but can somebody point me in the right direction? We've all been there before. I get it. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like the trial by fire, and you guys can definitely attest to this. Like, it's, there, there's kind of like, uh, it's like a badge of honor if you go to a state for a couple of days and you get your ass whooped. It's just, I mean, you did it. Yeah. You kind of, you know, put your skills to the test, and you may not have came home with a turkey, but when you go back to that state, you you are that much more skillful and knowledgeable of the area, and you know it's it's kind of hard to give that up to a guy just on the internet. So there's definitely oh, yeah. there's definitely better ways to go about it. But uh, yeah, guys, I mean, like any like starting from the very beginning, like talking about the rig, how you pack gear, you know, what what's your guys' tips for going out of state turkey season? Yeah, you gonna start? Are you gonna go? Yeah. Um, I do. I got a my buddy Gary Stanton actually put it on, put me on it. It's a this year was in West Virginia, and I had a, built some kind of little plywood platform. It took way too long to build, and did not suffice for the utility I thought it would have. Um, actually, pretty miserable, <laughs> and was a little bulky. But a sleeping bag, a piece of plywood, and some two by fours drilled into it. Um, but usually, I used to just sleep in the front of my truck, but um. But after a while, you, you, you know, start getting a little stiff and want to stretch tough. out and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I was keeping it. I had a couple of run-ins with some bad rain a couple of years ago, and it, it was tough putting everything back into my truck. And I hadn't really 
I'd go for a week or so, but I'd always, you know, come on back. But once I moved to Georgia, you know, that's kind of on the east side of the, the world, I felt like. Mississippi was a little more central. I could kind of come back a lot easier than I could um, if I went out west, which is where, you know, most of my trips would be. And then, you know, ironically, the Michigans and stuff was – I was closer to uh, Michigan than I was Delacour, Louisiana, from where I lived in Georgia, which was very odd to me. Wow. But – um. Yeah, I used to down here. It was a lot closer, you know, down to Louisiana and go fishing and stuff. And Michigan seems like three days away, but um, was nine hours to both. But um, but so I broke down, and got me a mattress like Gary had. He was sleeping on it in uh, West Virginia. We was hunting together, and I was like, I'm gonna get one of those, just a like a trifold mattress, pretty much queen size trifold mattress, like a built uh, like a wallet, and it folds sideways. But you know, it's about five and a half feet. Well, technically wide but you once you fold it up it's long and um it's got like a little weather proof case and stuff it's meant to just tote around with you as a spare bed i guess and a spare bedroom slide it under the couch and stuff so it's yeah it might have been about a foot thick and um but you can can slide it around do whatever throw crap on it if you need to and then um aside from that i've learned the the less you carry the better so you got one of them, you know, North Mountain Gear leafy jackets or something like that. Oh, dude, 100%. That's a must have. Uh, yeah. You get one of those, you pack a – I pack in, like, Tupperware boxes. I don't even really use bags necessarily. So I just okay. put boxes and um, put a bunch of, like – I mean, I'm talking 20 pair of socks, 20 pair of boxes, and 20 T-shirts. And I mean, I'm going to wear my camouflage pants probably everywhere. Then I just got that jacket. So that, and I mean, I always like my truck can live out of my truck. So he was contest to that. If I, if, if I got stuck in Jackson, Mississippi, 10 minutes from my house, I could, I could, well, maybe not Jackson. I couldn't survive. But if I got stuck 20 minutes on the other side of Brandon, I could probably survive um, <laughs> for probably three weeks out of my truck. Just the amount of food, like just snacks and water, cases of waters and um, clothes and frog dogs and knives and guns and everything that's in there all, all times. Throughout the year, you know everything else is pretty, and I don't I don't eat much, so uh, you know I can I can usually roll off about three granola bars and some peanut butter, and I'm I'm good for a, a couple of weeks. Hunter Hunter but, turkey hunts like a Navy SEAL. Sounds like I just run off uh, turkey blood, adrenaline, and shotgun shells. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> lot of uh, caffeine, caffeine and nicotine. I love it. What 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 about you, Austin? What you what? How, how you packing for out of state? I I'm pretty much I'm, I'm somewhat similar. I, I carry a few more things. I got the I've got a big <clears throat> Tupperware box that I usually take about two sets of camouflage and then my leafy jacket and then a bunch of underwear, a bunch of t-shirts and like hundred said a bunch of socks and throw them in the back. And I've got a um, I've got a memory foam roll. It's like a five inch thick memory foam roll that. It roll, you can roll it up tight and it goes into a weatherproof case that I'll just take it out, roll it out of the back. And I've got a I've got a deck system that I put, you know, I can put guns in there and lock them up or oh. you know, whatever you need. So I do that and I keep that memory foam. I keep pretty much just underwear, socks, and maybe one pair of like jeans just to switch up if I need to. If I, you know, I get a pair of pants wet, let them dry, whatever, but, or just, just to ride in, so. That's about it with me. Just light. Um, I started last year taking a second shotgun just in just in case. Very smart. Something happened. You know, something happened. My choke, my 
choke blow out and can't screw one. Just something crazy that would happen. I'd hate to be 10 hours away and need a shotgun because mine messed up. But outside of that, I'm pretty much the same as Hunter. Underwear, socks. Two, I take two sets of clothes, my North Mountain jacket and my my roll. And um, I don't. I also don't eat a whole lot. Um, I think that's why me and Hunter travel good together. The only thing I have a problem with Hunter when I'm traveling is he don't ever pee. <laughs> so it's we run off of Red Bull and dip, and I eat paydays. He's protein bars or whatever, but or Nature Valley protein. But yeah, he don't ever stop to let me pee. But other than that, paydays, Red Bulls, occasional water, and yeah i'm good to go <laughs> dude that's so interesting you said about the deck system i uh, i've got a tacoma that is my daily driver pretty much my everything truck but i was looking at the deck system and it's like in a tacoma because i have a, a trifold tonneau cover and this kind of plays into the next story but i was kind of like ah you know the deck system would be super slick for turkey season but with the tonneau cover and not a camper shell it's almost like i was killing myself for having because if i did sleep in the bed or a tent or something my bed space would be gone but i do i did love the drawer system so something that i invested in this year was i don't know if you guys have heard of it it's called ranch road it's like a big it's almost like half of a deck system but just an open drawer system where it just slides in and out but it's not permanently affixed to your bed so it's perfect for turkey season because i could take it out set it on the ground whatever it's got like dividers and stuff but last year in kansas dude i was <laughs> i was out there with my buddy seth fritz he's a guy out there at salt plains dude's a he's a he's got a heart of gold super good guy seth giving you a shout out buddy he put me on my first rio after getting my butt whooped uh, the year before in kansas but yeah we uh <laughs> a, a thunderstorm come out of nowhere just i mean obviously like it does out west you know weather roll up on you oh in, yeah in a heartbeat and uh he goes hey you know i'm i'm going to sleep in my truck and he had a camper shell He's like, hey, you know, what are you going to do? And he's looking at my truck, and I've got a, you know, slick tonneau cover. I was like, yeah. I said, I'm going to I'm gonna sleep in my tonneau cover. I brought a sleeping bag and, like, one, one, like what you guys said, a, a little mat rollout deal. And uh, he's like, you're going to sleep in that in a thunderstorm? I said, dude, it's going to be fine. And I had, like, maybe two and a half inches from my nose to the, to the top of that tonneau cover. And, dude, I'm telling you, uh, thunder was rolling, cracking over the top of us. I was completely fine. You know, water's torrential downpour. I had all my gear in my truck where I knew it would be good. And uh, <laughs> that tonneau cover, man, the top two corners, I had to put that little, I think they call it great stuff. It's like that fills that gap in the, like a little expanding foam. So I had all my stuff watertight, you know, prepping before the trip. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, dude, I Hunter, like from what you said, dude, I have tried, you know, to be hardcore and sleep in my driver's seat or my pasture seat or whatever. Dude, after a couple days, you know, out there hunting and you're putting on some miles, yeah, th- there's just something about getting to lay flat. Even if it's not the best sleep you ever got, it definitely is not in day difference between sleeping in a driver's seat. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, like, I, and if it's a couple of days, it's no good deal. But, like, day number four or so, like, I mean, it, you, you start noticing the difference. Like, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. it's not just being stiff. Your feet ain't working right. And so, I mean, you got you to gotta let some circulation circulate, you know. Dude, um, yeah, one hundred percent, and especially and especially turkey hunting. I mean, you're you're out there, you know. Right. If you're out west, you might be covering you know ten, twelve miles, whatever you know, whatever yeah. the case is. So, dude, get getting the getting the pressure off them puppies down there, letting them breathe, getting a fresh pair of socks. Even if you don't have a shower, and a lot of guys are like, "That's gross." 
dude, I'm telling you, man, tur- turkey hunters are a different breed. Like we can go two, three days out of shower as long as we're in the birds, right? I mean, we can, oh, yeah. we'll oh, be yeah. fine. Yeah. But, uh, dude, yeah. I mean, so, you get on up in the, the week and a half and stuff without a shower, you really don't even need one. I learned that this year. I'm like, after a while, you start kind of <laughs> just getting used to it. And, it's like a, oh, it's yeah, like it's a cast iron skillet. You just get, you get seasoned it, up. Yeah. <laughs> You're eventually going to catch the rain. You know, I'm, you don't get as mad if it starts raining. You're like, I'm actually going to go hunting in the rain just so I can have an excuse to get so funny and 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 one of my tips for traveling is like you know definitely if it, like like if you're like us like you live in the southeast dude anything out west is you know you're looking at minimum you know 14 15 hour haul you know on on average right. if you're going colorado wyoming you're talking on up in there in the 20s so you gotta really be committed definitely look at your path of travel uh, you know, obviously go, you know, something that's, you know, more of a straight line if you can, you know, look at, you know, stops you can make, know the vehicle you're taking, uh, there, the, you know, plan your trip out. You know, if you do a spur of the moment thing, I know it's kind of different, but yeah, I do like be safe when you're traveling. Don't park at sketchy areas, you know, we well lit gas stations or pilots, Walmarts, stuff like that. You could kind of get away with, but guys be safe, especially if you're solo traveling, man, I'm telling you the world's crazy. Yeah. It's it is you know not to get political. It is election year. People are crazy, so just 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 be safe out there. Make make sure you're packing. Make sure you you know carry laws, all that stuff. But it just needed to be said, guys. Be safe out there. You know we want to kill birds, but you know keep your head on a swivel <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a couple of places that I ain't seen in my truck. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I mean I, you just kind of kind of smell it out there. You know it, it might be worth the extra. And some of these places, you know or a little over an hour away or something like that and you get to calculating it up you're like well if i try to roost the bird or find one or if i left now i wasn't thinking about it you know if i left now i'd get there at 2 a.m but i'd have to wake up you know 2 45 to get back here to get you know so i'm gonna be the gate and walk back you know you're like well i don't know what i'm doing might as well just i know i'm safe right here in the woods might as well just you know Yep. For two hours and wake back up and which I keep pissing back there with me and stuff like that. And that is another good point you mentioned carry laws. Um, you can be traveling across. Cause I did. I got stopped in one of them. Um, it, I was passing through it to get to another one, and um, I don't remember what it was for. Uh, I mean, I would think speeding or something like that. He just cop kind of asked, and then I was telling him where it was from. He just kind of like filled me in. He, he just had probably an assumption. I probably. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know a by my accident and b i probably was packing a couple things in the console so he was kind of like i'm just gonna let you know you know after i pull off if there is this or that or this or that can you get across state line you're supposed to do this that and this that i'm like oh yeah i did that and i was like hmm, now we gotta find me a gas station real quick <laughs> <laughs> no yeah dude especially i know one of those states i'm not throwing shade at you you know illinois guys but illinois could because of chicago uh, has such yeah. super weird carry law. So just be careful, guys. If you're going up there and planning on hunting, you know, mm-hmm. anywhere in that public land in Illinois or maybe private land too, just be careful if you got your carry piece with you. Be smart, you know. Just just kind of know where you're at, you know. Get get, get educated right. on that stuff. But uh, so so what do you guys think about? A lot of states have kind of expanded their their trapping season. Their trapping laws have kind of gotten a little bit wider. I know here in Georgia, I want to say coon season. I don't know if it was official yet, but I, I want to say they were talking about extending it to the entire year instead of just cutting it off like around, I think, the end of February is kind of when coon season used to cut off as far as I trapping. Think they have, 
Have, have, have, have they, exp- have they expanded mistaken, already? I think I think it's official. I don't remember. It was kind of in the. It was kind of the late part. Decided that, yeah, yeah, because I was looking they, at I it think too. I was still living there when they did that. Okay, I'm, cool. Don't quite don't go. You know, trust in me, hundred percent. But I'm <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I want to double check, but I'm pretty sure seeing that and going. Well, that's good. I didn't. I didn't know it had an end date until right now, but I'm glad it doesn't anymore. Kind of, you know. Dude, yeah, for um, sure. Because trapping, I mean, like, like, odd. and I'd love to pick your guys' brains on it. Just to kind of, you know, if if you're a long term or or have been a long time hunter or turkey hunter, or maybe you're new to it, maybe you're you know kid middle school or younger, or you're trying to get into it, and you're like, hey, man, I love the wild turkey. What can I do to have an immediate impact, you know, besides being, uh, a, a, you know, donating to NWTF or Turkish for Tomorrow mm-hmm. or whatever? You know, what's an immediate impact? I'm telling you right now, get into trapping. Get you a dog-proof trap. It's the easiest thing you can get into. But uh, I'd love to pick your guys' brains on, you know, kind of how guys can get into it, especially this time of year, preseason prep. Like, what, what's your guys' thoughts on on trapping? Man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't do it as much as I should um, just because we stay stay busy. This is when real estate stuff is starting to pick up as well, just with deer oh, yeah. season in and the people being in, you know. So we stay busy, but I do have a set of six dog proofs that I'll run and um, – stick my cell cameras up on it just so I know when they, when they're trapped and, um, Coon's not sitting in it, but, and I, we run them, we got a place in Bolton that we run, run some pretty religiously. And I, I don't, I I don't claim to be an expert on it, but you know, the kind of the way we do it is we'll, we'll find these trails coming off of, um, little lakes, little creeks that are potentially coon, we think are coon trails and, We'll set a dog proof out with a marshmallow stuck in it. And I think so far this year, I think we've pulled off. And I say we haven't been running in about two weeks now, but I think we've pulled off 15 coons. Holy 16 coons. crap. <laughs> so it's uh, it's infested with them over there. That's but, a pile, dude. Oh, yeah, it's a pile. Dude, that, so that, that's, that's so sick. But that's, that's pretty much the, the extent of what, what we do. And, and some of our land we hunt, too, is... I don't know, an hour and 20 minutes from, you know, our private land is like an hour and 20 minutes from home. So it's hard to get up there every day or every other day. And I'm also not one that wants to set a coon trap or, you know, a dog proof and not be able to get up there for another four or five days and have a coon sit there and gnaw his leg off. I've seen people post that they they had a coon in the trap that gnaw his leg off. I don't want to be, be part of all that. So I don't set them unless I know I'm going to be able to get back and check them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. that that's a really good tip too. Like, I mean, if you're uh, a, a lot of guys go to the DPS because it is such a really good beginner set of of getting into trap and trapping's right. kind of, trapping's kind of a fun side gig you can get into in between seasons anyway. And it, it it's so it's so beneficial, guys. Like nest nest predators, coons, possums, even skunks. You know, I've seen you know studies of skunks doing it too, but mostly. Like the when you can reach out and touch a coon, man, it it it's so I forget the study. I, I want to say it was uh, that guy from UGA, uh, God, the turkey doc. I can't remember his actual name. Uh, I'm going drawing a blank. Mike Chamberlain. Yes, Mike Chamberlain. I forget the study he showed one time where it showed like one coon could affect you know X amount of nest you know in in its area, and it, it was sho- yeah. it was shocking, dude. It was like holy crap, you know. 
Yeah, no, definitely. That's, I mean, it's a big deal. And that's, I mean, it's, it's the only thing that I've seen is like, it's really kind of the states that have predation problems, it seems, um, or lack of other food and stuff for them is, uh, you know, is somewhat correlated to the you know, decline in, in turkeys getting hatched. This, it's, um, I mean, predation control is, I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty speaks for itself for the success that it can it is, can potentially have. I think a lot of it has to do with timing and when you're able to get them out there and stuff like that. I, I like doing it up, you know, flirting with March 1st, you know, through, you know, hitting a, a week or two of it, just stupid hard. And then, um, I don't, I'm not going to say like what you catch it in December, dead coon doesn't eat eggs, period. But I think just, I mean, they're just such a, an a, a overwhelming population of them, I think. Um, which right now might not be about time because the deer season just ended. If folks do have feeders and stuff, I've seen a lot of folks put, um, you know, the traps out just around the feeders that the coons have been bombarding for however many straight months. Um, and just make it easy, you know, knock those out and then give it a break and then come back in, you know, latter part of February and knock as many out as you can. And I think the, the, what I've picked up from talking to a lot of folks is if you can time it to where you can, put your dent in the population at a good time where your dent aligns with like the nesting period of time, you're doing all right because they're going to repopulate. They're going to come back. They're going to, you know, move on in, especially if your neighbors ain't trapping and stuff. But if you can time it right where that dent it happens to occur during the nesting part of, you know, late March to early April, mid April, you know, when, when the, the hens are on the nest pretty sparingly, I think, I think once they get on the nest, it's, you know, really sitting on them pretty heavily. It's a lot, you know, I guess it's, I know I've seen pictures of coons coming up to the nest of hens on them and then having to fight them off, but I know those first few times when they're laying an egg here and there that a lot of times they're off the nest and those coons are pretty opportunistic. Um, but, um, but yeah, if you, you time correlate that whole, uh, you know, a smidge a couple of weeks before the, you know, the turkey season probably opens, I would say. I'm speaking on behalf of Mississippi here. I don't know necessarily the nesting times of other states more so, but, but hitting it hard right there, right before the season starts and hoping, you know, hoping that puts a dent in it. And I will say, cause we had a, when we, I don't have much land to even trap on, if that makes sense. Cause I do hunt a lot of public land or, you know, we're able to go hunt oh, yeah, for sure. places and stuff. Um, but we do have one little place got about 80 acres and, um, in about an hour and about an hour from here that we've had for a long time, just leasing the hunting rights to little spot and um it's, it's pretty infested with coons and we hadn't had turkeys out there in a while and uh i bought about i think about a dozen a dozen dog proofs and gave six of them away like part of a giveaway and kept six and okay Brooke was living with parents still the time my youngest brother he's he, uh he was about 17 at the time and kind of put him in charge went out and put him out and i told him told him how to you know rebate him and stuff and he just had 22 he'd grab him head out there and he checked it every day on the home from school or something like that and would, you know, rebate which ones needed to and kind of eradicated the whole little posse they had of looking home. It was, I mean, I guess, you, I mean, I would think pushing 30 different coons right there, that one spot between Gosh. those six traps, you know. And, and for the first time in a long time, we had Jake's there last year. Wow. And that was pretty cool a couple of years later. So uh, kind of. I'm not going to say I didn't believe in it because I obviously did, but I didn't have an opportunity to see it with my own eyes until then. I'm like, okay. I mean, I, 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 I 
preface everything with correlation versus causation regardless. This is how I think, you know, is that because of the canes, is that because of good, you know, weather the year before and stuff like that. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I got to see it, and I, I think it definitely had a lot to do with it. I'll put it that way. Dude, it, well, it another is, thing, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, well, another thing like that we run into is we don't bait for deer. So the coons right. we have there, and then, like Hunter said, hit it hard almost till up in time turkey season starts because with us not baiting, other other places around us are baiting, those coons are staying there. When they stop baiting January yeah, 31st because deer season's up. over with, they're going to start expanding out and coming back onto your property so yep that's one thing i i use i started a little early this year i usually don't start running traps the first of february and run them up right through the beginning of turkey season and it, it it truly is like you guys just said i mean 15 coons 30 coons here 20 coons yeah. there it's it is it is massive the impact it'll have on your, tur- your turkey population and and, yeah. and like what we're saying guys if you're interested in getting into trapping or it, you know, trapping it a whole, as a whole is kind of intimidating because there is so many companies and, you know, lures and all this. What we're talking about is these dog proofs. You can go to your bass pro oh, yeah. shops, pick you up a, you know, there's a there's a million different companies. There's the patent now for a dog proof trap. And you can bait them with, like they said, marshmallows. I've used, uh, the best thing I've ever used is dry cat food and like the little yeah. bitty mini marshmallows because my, my thing was I wanted the coon to actually try to – and I'd put a few on the ground, and I'd put most of it in there, you know, right under the trigger. And, like, I'm telling you, it's so easy. If if a five-year-old could squeeze the trap and set it, a five-year-old could use these things. Yeah. It, is, it takes no uh, – <laughs> like, like if you're trapping, you know, like dirt sets for coyotes, that is an, that, that's an art. Like, I'm not – on that level yet personally but like you know dog proof traps yeah, hard <laughs> a- anybody can do it like you don't have to die them you don't have to worry about scent coons or coons man they're they're they're, they're going to come check it out and man it's it's instantaneous and, and it's something that you can do that's fun dispatching them you know is is easy because you know the trap holds them away from you, you know obviously be, be safe around raccoons because of you know diseases and stuff you just want to you know take precautions there but yeah i mean it's a it like Turkey population does nothing but benefit from dog proofs and trapping coons. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. That's it's like awesome. I said. You, you can do it in December and June if you want to. I mean, the more the merrier. But I mean, if you're like most people who do, you know, their time is not. I mean, unless that's, you know, if you're able to. It's, uh, there's a lot of folks who like hunt their backyard, have live on the land that they own. You know, are, are able to hunt. You know, I can think of several buddies who, you know, their their hunting camp is kind of coincided with their the property they live on, you know, that's something I'd do it every day if I did, if I live somewhere like that. But if you got to make a, you know, a very concentrated effort, I would say more so than doing it when it's, when you're bored, if that makes sense, you know, cause I used to do that too. Well, I didn't have nothing to do, you know, from, you know, in early January, late December, something oh, yeah. kind of tired of deer hunting, I go start trapping and then I forget to kind of go back and trap when it really, really mattered. And, and a lot of times, you know, getting your neighbors involved is a big help. You know, like Seal said, you know, a lot of, uh, regardless or not, whether you might not bait, but I guarantee you somebody touching your property probably does at some point. And that's going, you know, when they decide to stop, which kind of coincides with the, Oh yeah. You know, right about now is when the coons are going to kind of start really moving on out and stuff. So they'll find it wherever you put it, you know, they will. Yeah. Um, if you get down to having to go find places, trap coons are doing good. You are, you You just dump them out, and they'll probably come pull them out of your hand. Um, if it's got a marshmallow cap through whatever you will put in there, sardines, tuna, 
I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever gone to the store necessarily and had to go buy stuff to put in a coon trap. I just go to my pantry and start looking oh, for yeah. stuff and it always, you know, winds up working. Is that and you can get, you know, or, um, you know, get one of them some stuff you can squirt on top of it, maybe to, just to attract the smell and stuff. And it, like you said, it's pretty instantaneous. You know, you come yeah. back tomorrow. I really like what you said, Hunter, that I, I never honestly have ever thought about it before, but the, the timing of putting the dent in the coons, you know, mm-hmm. while they can't regenerate and you give that nesting hen uh, the best possible, you know, percentage to have a, a brood and, and actually have, you know, more, more healthy poults that make it to when they can get up and into a tree and be a little bit more safer. Cause that, mm-hmm. that period of when they're just, you know, ground, in the egg, and then when they're on the ground for those couple of days in their life, man, it is a it's a really <laughs> sketchy time for a pole, man, because everything out there wants to eat them. <laughs> I mean, it's like right. it's like chicken nuggets out there. Everybody wants to eat them, but yeah, dude, it's a that's really interesting. So that, that's that's something I'm going to have to look at and uh, kind of concentrate my trapping a little bit closer to the opening day too. So that's that's really cool. That's good knowledge we need to we need to spread out there. So do you guys? You know, I mean, obviously it dictates on whether you have private or public land guys out there but do you guys do anything on your own places for like food plots specific for turkeys or are you guys more or less just run off your deer plots what what are you guys' theories on like turkey centered food plots like what do you guys do uh honestly, I've, we have never i've never planted anything any kind of spring plot we um if me and hunter and chase are actually talking about it the other night i don't i can't think of the last time if ever i killed a turkey on a food plot Okay. And so we we just don't most of where we are are in these hardwood bottoms or up on top of these ridges or you know off in there. So we very rarely do we ever even hunt on a food plot. Yeah. Probably That's not, true. Probably not not a good answer, but I don't I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> I got <laughs> you. Know? Yeah. yeah it, we haven't had to. In in my experience, and just on the little bit of acreage that we've got back here, that's mostly the private land I hunt. Everything else is mostly out of state or whatever but uh here in georgia me and dad we mostly i mean obviously we plant for deer around here and it's normally we do do super super simple like i think one year he tried to do radishes which those kind of bombed because it's real rocky soil that we're kind of dealing with so you really got to work the ground more here uh so we we mostly do like winter ryegrass uh maybe like a like a simple clover plot something super cheap easy to do mm-hmm. comes up you know year after year uh the turkeys around here like that we've killed when, we, when we're cleaning them out you know we see a lot of clover a lot of bugs a lot of grasses so right. dad yeah, mostly and, and we, we we plant for clover for deer if we're playing on that little bitty spot i was talking about because that's that anything that can also be used turkey, that's what we're going to plant as much as possible. Yes, um, for sure. Just to, to see the benefits of spring too. And, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you said oh, no. that made me think. Hey, we do do something at least. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, and and it's kind of cool. It's, it's like a dual purpose thing, so you're not spending double the money. You mm-hmm. know, you don't have to plant stuff twice. I do like to throw here. You know, behind the house, I'd, I'd have a little bitty secluded wooded plot, kind of in the middle of the hardwoods that I like to plant for selfishly for bow hunting purposes for whitetail but for the turkey season the turkeys do like it seems like the hens roost off to the edge of the creek on this piece of property and the and the gobs roost on the very top of this ridge and it seems like in that point at some point they like to kind of mingle in that clover area as like a meetup point before they break off later in the season so it's it's and and, and guys hear me out there it's it's kind of cool how you can 
know your turkey flock that intimately on a piece of private, whereas you may not know and have that knowledge on public. But if you do have a piece of private, I'm telling you, get the cameras out right now. Know what you got. Take birds that, that, that you, you know, that flock can sustain the harvest numbers that you want to do. And, uh, yeah, you know, feeding them's never a bad idea. I use clover. Winter ryegrass is never a bad idea. If you're, uh, if you don't have like a co-op or something close to you, Academy has that throw and grow, uh, is, is a really, really easy. Like if you're doing a small wooded food plot this time of year, you can literally take a yard rake, go out. It can be shaded or not. Go out in your hardwoods, get your little bit of strip going. You know, you can hand sew that stuff. It takes no prep work hardly at all. And you got your little spring food plot there. So it, it'll kind of help you uh, this time of year, maybe get those turkeys drawn in. If you're not using a feeder and you want to do something natural, you know, turkey food plots, super easy. And it kind of helps you uh, kind of determine where you're going to, you know, the angle of attack, the roosting areas. There's a lot you can do on private land. And it's kind of what we've uh, in Georgia, <laughs> well, have kind of had to get used to the last couple of years because the first two weeks of season again this year for us Georgia boys is cut mm-hmm. off to private land only, which, you know, I guess, you know, the COVID years, you know, the heyday of people being off work for a month and whatever really yeah. pounded the public land. So we're kind of seeing the, the you know, the fruits of that, you know, today. So luckily the Georgia DNR actually bumped us back to opening back up on the last Saturday in March, which is actually kind of cool because we get another week of season almost on the front end. So I'm, I'm excited about that. But uh, selfishly, but the the limit is down to two. You can't double on the same day. So there, th- those restrictions totally fine to me. You know, I, I I could care less about killing three birds or killing two birds. You know, it just the fact that you get to go a little bit earlier. I, I you know I kind of like hunting turkeys when it's kind of like deer woods. I like being able to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I feel like when it's more green and bloomed out, it's almost a disadvantage because that turkey could be standing still and you're trying to move around on him, and you know, there you go, you're busted. So. Man, I'm so jacked up about it, guys. I'm so pumped. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I will say, I, I didn't realize my first couple of times hunting in Georgia you know, a couple of years ago when I moved there, the difference in open woods there and open woods here. We, I mean, Mississippi's got some, they got some pretty woods, but they got some of the crap. Like, I mean, I think it's beautiful because I grew up here and I think of it as turkey woods, but folks come here and don't think of them as turkey woods because there's vines and <laughs> crap everywhere. I mean, they're like, hold on, this is a thicket. I'm like, this, this ain't the thickest thicket in this thicket. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is where, you know, this is where we hope to, to hear one, and sure enough, we'll go wind up killing one in there. Um, but Georgia open woods are a thousand times in a different league of, you know, Mississippi open woods. But, yeah, they're, they're, like, I could see ridges. And ridges, you know, Mississippi, you're lucky to see the end of the region on. Oh, wow. Even in the, you know, the very first open <laughs> week and stuff in a lot of places. But, I mean, there's some places that are just beautiful that haven't touched at all. But most places, you know, as much stuff is growing everywhere. There's humidity down here has got everything just thriving year-round, I feel like. So, but um, that first couple of weeks, I got busted a couple times thinking I could slip on, you know, slip around this, slip around that. I'm like, oh. I can see the daggone sky through these. Dude, trees. dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it is. A, you got to really calculate your movements. Like it's almost like a bird can yeah. be, you know, just over the ridge top, but you're like, you know, these leaves are super crunchy still, and if I try to get up and move, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow him right off this ridge top. So you got to. Yeah. It's almost like it, it really turns into chess instead of checkers at that point. You got to really know, like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm just gonna sit here and play the quiet game let it move off and then I'm going to back down this ridge. And it, it's kind of a, yeah. I, I don't know if it makes it, I guess it makes it harder in theory, but it's, it's almost like, it's like, Ooh, it's just, 
and, and, and it's almost like you can see him from further away, so the anticipation's mm-hmm. even worse because you can see him from like 80 yards. You're like, oh, my God, is he going to come up here or what? So, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's killer. So are you guys, like for Spring Legion, like for stuff coming down the pipe, are you guys going to be continuing the YouTube channel series? Are you guys going to be filming everything pretty much this year too? Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Um, last year we kind of flirted around with it, and we did a couple hunts at the beginning where the entire objective was to just film the hunt and whatever sim card the actual hunt was on. That's what we just uploaded the whole thing to, you know, to YouTube as it is. So folks can see how long we waited until we called and, you know, what we really said, what we really did, what we really called, not just the good parts and stuff, and, um, which, and, and mostly because we didn't know how to edit them. But now we've kind of we figured out how to edit them a little bit and condense them down because they were getting about an hour and a half each. And some folks loved it. They're like, I mean, and honestly, if I could, you know, I wish some more folks would do that. They were better at it than me. We have more of a, a volume of a library than we do to just put it down there and, you know, we watch you from the time you got out of the truck till you shot or didn't shoot. You know, I like to listen to Spring Woods and. Oh, you know yeah. the, the long periods in between and stuff. How long? How long did you know? If you're looking at the study, how long did he wait without gobbling, or did he call three times between the gobbles, or not any between the gobbles, or did he move when, or when did he move, and what made him decide to move? And you know, it's kind of all without captions or anything. It's just how it happened if you were on the hunt. But um, so that's pretty cool. We might do something like that again this year. Um, we still have probably six or seven hunts to put on the YouTube that I'm supposed to be editing right now but of course it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back so as soon as we get them figured out you know we'll start putting some up there we'll put up one or two here not long ago um they're just some quick hunts that um that we're able to condense down they've done pretty good it's fun i'm not i wasn't crazy about hunting with a camera um st- i'm still not good at it but you know now that i'm back in mississippi and seals and chaser here as well we should be able to do you know a few few trips together and a few hunts together here locally where you know i'll be running the camera one of them shooting and something vice versa and stuff like that It'd be a little easier might not give you a headache if you watch it that's that's killer austin tell us about some uh tell us about some turkey scouting tips dude throw us some hot tips for scouting uh, one thing going out of state that we do is we kind of try to figure out um you know our general area and once we figure out that, I mean, I'll get on get on my computer on, on X, which is a big difference than trying to do it on your phone. And I'll, I'll do um, one of the trips I used last for you know, that we went on last year. We found the public land. Uh, we found the state we were going to and the area we were going to um, and got on there. First thing we did was find the public land. And then what, what I like to do is kind of find the public land if you can find a, a section that's split off from like a big chunk, you know, find you a 200, 300 acre section that's not just 20 minutes away from the bigger area. And, you know, that's that's where I'm going to start looking first. Go in there. Um, maybe I should take this out. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm giving away our tips. But no, seriously, find, find, that, <laughs> find that section because more than like, more chances than not, it's going to be less pressured. Because it's away from the big chunk. That's true. That's find smart. that, find that. Then, then it goes down to the, you know, zooming in, finding creeks, finding how the creeks run, finding your bends and all that kind of stuff. Looking at your topography maps, and that's pretty much the stages I go in. And then I figure out where I want to start. And like you said earlier, you don't really know anything until you put boots on the ground. So once I figure out where I'm going to start at, 
you know, I'm hunting, but I'm also trying to trying to make sure trying to scout there rather than just doing it electronically. And that's pretty much how how I go about scouting is is kind of that pattern that those steps. Yeah, and I, I would definitely add. Uh, I, I can definitely tell you. I know these two guys could definitely tell you, but. I have definitely seen a place on Onyx that I thought looked good, and then when you actually get there, you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is actually kind of crap." <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it's it's kind of, and, and and a lot of these trips that we're taking, guys. I mean, if you're you know you're ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty hours from home, you may have a three day window to get it done, and you got to really, really maximize your time. And I think us as turkey hunters, I, I break it down when I'm out of state, and like like last year when I tagged a bird in Kansas, I had three days to run around Nebraska blind. And uh, it was up to me. It was me and the Tacoma, and that was it. And uh, you, you, you had to either, you know, you had to get it done or you didn't. So it's it's really, uh, I think us as turkey hunters, like I break it down strategy-wise. Is if, if I can just hear one, then I can kind of paint the picture of what, you know, strategy, yeah. where, you know. And it's kind of crazy how this, the vocalization of a turkey can literally tell you everything you need to know. But to hear that turkey, there's a lot of steps that go into – to get to that point. And I, and I think once you hear that Turkey or it, whether it's a hen or a gobbler, uh, at least, at least gives you that little bit of a, you know, check in the box. Hey, okay. My thinking was right. I kind of read this map, right. My, you know, the strategy I have, it's kind of, it's all, it's like a puzzle. You got to piece it together and really figure out what that Turkey does in that part of the country and, and how to get in there and kill him. So Hunter, do you have anything to add on the scouting part? Like any tips or anything that you've seen uh, across the years of traveling and stuff? Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of us, I mean, the best thing to do is have plan B, C, and D, um, you know, kind of getting a feel for it and seeing what you're working with. And, um, you know, that kind of the few things I've written about, about the, you know, the shapes of, you know, water structures that I look for that typically, I mean, nothing's for sure in Turkey Woods, period, but typically whole birds, you know, and I don't know the reasons why on most of it, but, you know, just from doing it a lot, I've, I've kind of picked up on a couple of you know, commonalities that, hey, they're always in this, you know, shape of a creek or, you know, figuring out um, what's the best option. What's the best, I, I hate limiting myself. So, I mean, and like Jill said, you know, going to these smaller places that, you know, there's pro, there's a lot of pros to that. You know, you might be one of the few that have hunted it, might have been overlooked. And then at the same time, sometimes these are farther from other places. I like having options. So if, if there's not a trigger there or we're wrong, it was hunted. How far am I from the next spot I can go? Is it going to be 11 o'clock before I can get there? You know, do I waste the morning of yes. all my eggs in this basket? Or can I get to a spot that's going to have multiple multiple things, multiple open gates? Another thing is, especially if you're local to the area, I will say this. It's always a good idea. I did this. Where was that? I've done it in Mississippi and in Georgia. Um, going to, to find the open-closed gates kind of right before the season starts. Because what we're opening... December might be closed in um, that's true. In, you know, April or March or something. So it's a good idea to make a quick loop and just that's what I mark more than anything is the the gates that I cannot I cannot access this road. So when I when I get there and somebody else moves in on me or there's not a bird there, I bump him or something and I'm like, Well, I know there's on this side and I try to go there and I'm gonna take this cut through and wind up halfway up a mountain and then I gotta find a way to turn around. You know, because the gate's now closed and I can't get through. And um, I'm, I, I literally had to reverse down the side of a mountain up in North Georgia one day because I didn't <laughs> know they, they had shut the gate and there was no other way to turn around. So oh, I had to reverse. Man. Pretty sketchy. 
You know, I was like, I wonder why nobody else has been up here. I wonder if tire tracks or nothing. I'm like, this is a good spot, too. <laughs> it's virgin ground up here. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, heck yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is why. Because it was not even, like, I'd have to go up and over, you know, the rest of the, you know, up to the top and back down the other side. I, I was like, my best bet is just to go back around to where I was. I was closer there than I am now. Um, I, so love, I, I, I love what you said about the, the all the eggs in the basket. That would be my biggest thing to yeah. throw th- 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 on top of this pile is, know when you know and like us as turkey hunters it's almost like you're like dang dude there should be a turkey in this you know whatever two three acres i'm in like there should be a turkey here as much as you want to sit there and call and try to will a turkey to exist in that tree you got to know like especially out of state you got to know when to when to cut bait and get out of there because you don't want to waste your time because because the time you have out of state is finite and it runs out trust me i've been there and as much as you want to hear one if you're not hearing anything you need to you need to put miles and and get some ground under your feet and get uh miles under your tires and get to a new some new spots so yeah that's a good point that's the biggest tip I got. I, that that was one of the things that uh, old Cuz Strickland. I was <laughs> I was walking into the NWTF last year, and we did a, a short video on our channel, and and I was asking people. I don't know if you guys saw me. I was walking around with a, a an Avian X turkey decoy head with a microphone duct taped to it. I was asking people their number one turkey tip, and Cuz was the first one walking in that early morning. And I say, Cuz, what's your number one turkey tip? And he said. Work on finding turkeys, and that was and this man's killed turkeys everywhere. He's like, work on finding turkeys. If you, the number one tip is gain access to land or do scouting. Get into find the the sign in the woods. Whatever you got to do, get yourself into more turkeys, and you will be more successful. And it, I mean, it sounds like a dumb tip, but I mean, the man's true. I mean, you you got to be where the birds. Oh are. yeah, got to be. I love it. I love old Coach Strickland. He's a good dude. So you guys got any uh we're gonna close out with some gear and some guns, dude. Probably one of my favorite uh sections. I I am such a gear nerd. I, I nerd out on gear, guns, turkey shots, shotgun shells, calls, you name it. So you guys you guys run down uh you guys got anything on your bucket list you want to pick up this year or something that you're tried and true go to? I don't. I pretty much pretty much roll with the same thing every year. I got a bunch of what you know what i did switch to dave's purple ghost cut last year i blew it some i liked it so what gotta, What do you think about that i've been wanting to try that too what What do you think i like it um i ordered the blue and the purple the blue i mean the purple just i don't know i can blow it better i can blow it softer but outside of that i keep pretty much the looking at it now i keep pretty much the same thing i just may put a new one in there, but it's like I said, it's the same exact thing. Got a got a uh, keep a KB in in there, and then I keep that purple ghost cut. I keep my slate chalk. I did add a add a two call this year that I ordered Ooh, just to that's cool just to see what happened. Okay. But but that's that's about it. The main thing that I think we were talking about this other night too. The main thing that has changed for me has been helpful is adding that camel back to my turkey vest. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, smart. It's night and day difference because we're, you know, on these long trips, you, you get dehydrated or something like that, and then you're already behind the eight ball. What what about you, Hunter? What what, what what's your go to piece of gear this year, this spring? Um, uh, I mean 
I'm, I'm, I pretty much keep the same, same stuff every year, and I, I kind of replenish everything you said. Um, we got these new gators I, I wore last year. I liked them a lot. Um, they turned out to you know, it's, it's hold up, hold, hold up their whole season. So, um, got them. You know, I had one there in bottom line last year, and they did good. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we're pretty good. We, uh, I mean, there's always things that I wish I would have had. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I know. Last year, I got a tip from you uh, about a little thing to carry my GoPro with. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I dude. It something. Um, I got to get something to hold it up better because the, the vest I wear is the straps are 100% nylon. And I had it, I had it just right, but I'm not remembering if I ever take it off, it ain't going. You know, it's, it's kind of wedged. It's not like a fix to it. So. Um, I'm really bad about dropping my vest, so if we're gonna keep doing this YouTube stuff, I've got to figure out a way to strap a GoPro to my body and not my vest. Dude, that GoPro will save your butt of, every time. Footage, <laughs> so not if it's on the ground. And most <laughs> times, they're gonna pick up the vest and. It's just a turkey in my hand. I'm like, sorry, again. I, you know, I, I think I, I watched a video of yours uh, the other night where. Some I, I I was kind of fast forward. It looked like the GoPro fell on the ground, but then you still yeah, got the kill. Yeah, I dropped my dang vest. <laughs> yeah, I'd have sat with my vest. I'd have probably shot him a thousand times. Oh but, man! Because I I moved and I dropped my vest to to move over a little bit and try to think that he was. Of course, his drumming coming left of that knoll, and um, it was actually just a hollow. I didn't know it was a bank on the other side of him, so it was pushing that sound left. And so I went over there, which. I mean, if he would have, if I, if it had, Taylor would have been turning and would have pushed me right, I'd have been fine because I'd have swung left, you know, from my right handed. But going left and him coming up on the top, which is now on my right instead of in front of me, half the time you can see the turkey in that video, I couldn't see him from down there. So if I'd have just sat there, I'd have had a, you know, wide open. Oh, man. <laughs> yard, you know. So instead, I got like shoot at the waddles up at my three o'clock for about six seconds and half of that was me trying to pivot back over to shoot and yeah, it was pretty embarrassing but yeah that's a good note to stay in your vest sometimes don't always drop it and move over 15 feet hey i hey i am i am the world's worst about wanting to just drop all my gear look like a yard sale out there at 75 yards trying yeah. to maneuver on one so i've <laughs> new turkeys make us do some weird <laughs> stuff man and especially in the heat of it and you're trying to you know you think oh you know i got time to move you know dude it's i think that's the part that we all we all freaking chase right there, oh, that, yeah. that feeling of – so So my newest piece of gear, I'll, I'll go third. So you guys have been following along out there in podcast and YouTube land, the the pawn shop turkey gun. Well, we did end up getting an 835 Mossberg that was completely trashed. It was uh, – I had to call Mossberg because when you buy a used gun, you get no paperwork. So I gave him the serial number, found out that it was made in February – or I'm sorry, October of 2000. So this gun is – Technically 20, 24 years old, and it I don't know I don't know the round count. I know the the metal on metal parts on the inside that I took the internals out of. They were completely polished, and you could you could rack the thing with a pinky. So there's no telling how many shells of buckshot or whatever was sent through it. It came with a modified choke. Uh, the the eight thirty five is kind of a weird animal, dude, because it's it's a twelve gauge chamber overboard to a ten gauge all the way to the tip of the choke. So technically, it's a ten gauge barrel with a twelve gauge chamber. So it's kind of kind of funky to find chokes and stuff for but we've got uh true lock has jumped on board to send some chokes indian creek we've got uh my buddy bryce hensley from foxtrot is going to send some tss over and also 
my dude Keith from Salt Creek. So Keith is kind of a sick individual. He's going to send me a three and a half inch load of TSS to pattern. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm not really sure about shooting that, but we're going to do it for you guys on the YouTube channel. And uh, so far, the build's been really good. I, I obviously on the uh, the intro video, I sanded it completely down. It's wood stocks, blued. You know your classic 2000s model pawn shop shotgun and. We did a stencil kit. It looks like Bottomland now. And uh, we got an old Frank Proctor uh, paracord sling on it, old school style. We've got a uh, EGW optic mount and CNH Precision sent out one of their competition red dots. It's kind of based off the Trigicon uh, SRO. So really wide field of view. It's got a, a super long battery life, waterproof, and uh, should be good to go. So th this thing, we're kind of taking it from zero to hero, you know, POS to Ferrari. And uh, we're taking you guys along for the ride. So we are going to do uh, a, a full-blown pattern series on this on this gun for you guys in the next video. So if you guys are excited to see it, go check out the build series. I've got the first video up. It's a little bit long, but I wanted to show you guys all the details and that you can go to a pawn shop or maybe, you know, you got a shotgun landing in the closet that has not seen a lot of day in years. You can take that bad boy and you can turn it into a turkey killing machine as long as it takes chokes. You guys are in business, so I'm telling you, you can do it for cheap. I've got about, you know, obviously minus the optic, I've got 320 bucks in this gun. Paint job is a rattle can uh, sling I had. You know, TSS is a little bit more expensive, but you that gun can kill a turkey with long beard XRs, no problem. So you can do it on the cheap and have a, a, a badass turkey gun. So that's kind of what we did as a fun project to keep us busy on the Mojo channel. But guys, you got anything else to add? I mean, anything to look forward to to see you guys in WTF or anything coming out you want to mention? Uh, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having us, buddy. I mean, we're going to be rocking and rolling here on out. We got a lot of we're gonna have some videos putting up on YouTube and a lot of podcasts coming out. Um, yeah, we'll be at NWTF. Got some big releases. Got these new uh, Gators and oh yeah, uh, some other things to go with them that are going to be releasing there. And I think it's going to be a good time. And look forward to talking talking turkey with folks there. And then um, we've got a Full straight ahead once uh, once March rolls around, but um, we're gonna keep pumping out content as long as we can, you know, manage fine service. What about you, Austin? Any any closing thoughts, brother? Uh, no, I'm just I'm a, I'm excited for it too. I was already getting excited. Like I said, I played with my best yesterday, and now <laughs> now getting to talk about it. it's got me got me even yeah. more excited. Oh, dude, yeah, it's a it, it's truly a sickness, but it, it's it's a brotherhood, it's a community, it's a. Uh, Man, it's just something different, man. It's uh, something about turkey hunters and, and the way that we chase this bird, man. It just keeps you coming back every year, and it never gets old, and you learn oh, yeah. something every time. And, and uh, yeah, just NWTF, guys, if you haven't bought your ticket, they don't pay me a dime to say this, but the money goes to good places. Get your ticket in. Go to the show. Meet these guys. Booth 609. And I get that right, 609? Yep. Yep, yep 609, Spring Legion. Go check them out. Go follow them at the Spring Legion uh, Spring Legion on YouTube channel. Go give them a follow. Let let them know you heard them on the Part Time Hunter, and go follow their their podcast. Their podcast is great. Super super wealth of knowledge. Hunter Austin again, dude. Seriously, thank you guys both for being on the show. And as always, we will catch you on the next one.